The future of business is responsible. El futuro de los negocios es reescribir el crecimiento de las empresas. Conscious commingling of growth and impact. Le futur du business est conscient et responsable. The future of business is intentional and transparent. The everyone, welcome to the Future of Business podcast, where we take you on a journey to explore the diverse range of sectors and stories embedded in the Oxford MBA cohort and beyond, and how they will shape the future of business. This is Lakshmi, and I will be hosting our conversation today with Sami Wei. Hey folks, good morning and LFG. Sami is a friend, fellow MBA, founder and one of the inaugural co-chairs of the Oxford Side Blockchain Club, one of the LGBTQ plus officers on the MCR of St. John's College, and the chief operating officer of T2 World. I know there's a lot to unpack there. She's done a lot of things. She's going to be doing a lot of things. Uh, so we will use this episode to go through her journey and understand what excites her, what she's hopeful about and all of that. But I do want to start by addressing the elephant in the room. Uh, Sami is a woman in blockchain. To be honest, prior to coming to Oxford, I don't think I've met that many women in blockchain. So initially it felt like a rarity. But I am happy to report uh, that almost six months into the program, uh, it is no longer a rarity because we have so many women um, in the blockchain society at Oxford. But I do want to hear from you, Sami, as to is this a rarity? And how do you feel about being a woman in blockchain? Um, this is an excellent question, and I'm really glad that we have the space to talk about it because I'll have to say that um, I was very fortunate to have started my journey in blockchain uh, in a very safe bubble, and it was only recently um, there was an experience, uh, which I'll get into in the short bit, um, that made me feel actually there's a lot more work to be done on that front, on inclusion, true inclusion, uh, meaningful inclusion. And um, But I'm really glad to hear that you feel that being in Oxford, um, it makes you feel like the space is very inclusive, and um, I'm really glad. And um, I have to say we can't overlook the, the amount of work that's been actively put into that, um, my fellow co-chairs, and then others in the ecosystem here, so the Oxford Blockchain Society, led by Kayvon and Elena, and um, really good team there, um, um, and everybody else that's in the Oxford ecosystem have been working very hard. The, the members of our club have been working very hard to make that space uh, very inclusive and accessible and safe for everybody, uh, people of all genders and identities. Um, and unfortunately, recently, I had then this experience that, that made me think, hmm, um, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. And what happened was I was invited to a um, speak uh, at event. Uh, I won't name that. Um, but the panel was supposed to be a, a signal uh, for more um, inclusive conversations um, for that particular event. And uh, the panel was canceled uh, quite last minute, despite myself and um, another friend of mine, um, very prominent um a leader in, in Web3 and in blockchain uh, in the UK. Um, and so the two of us um, were, were not involved in the conversation of the panel being canceled at all. And we're only um, informed, you know, as an as an uh, afterthought. And I was very shocked. And um, but when I delivered the news to to my friend, my um, co-panelist, she said, don't worry about it, Sammy. This happens all the time. And that's the part that really hit me the hardest. And and I thought, you know, it might happen again to me, but I will never let that happen, um, you know, to someone else um, because of me. So um, so going forward, there's definitely a lot of work to be done. Um, that is actually stunning that 
that is still the world that we live in. Uh, but I do want to acknowledge all that you have accomplished uh, to your point of, you know, that will never happen because of you. Um, you know, just looking at all that you've accomplished with the club, uh, the number of women there, the number of people from different genders and identities there. And I personally know of at least one panel that you've hosted and at least two workshops within the last couple months and how inclusive they've been. Uh, but I'm really sorry that that happened. And yes, uh, here's to doing better as a community, not just within blockchain, but also uh, in the larger economy system for sure uh, but I'm also very grateful that we live in a world where we can where I can you know be in that bubble and feel like it's all inclusive and meaningful inclusion as you put it um, thank you so much for sharing that with us Sami um, absolutely yeah uh, I'm really glad to be able to do that um, and then of course uh, with our startup work at T2 um, we we take the same amount of care uh, we're predominantly female-led um, startup. Um, like my CEO, Meng Yao, and I, we talk every day about the team culture, the kind of partners that we take on, um, who, who we employ, um, are, they, are they doing, you know, are, are we aligned on our values? Um, and that's more important to us than anything else. And we've been very fortunate to have the, the backers who, who give us the resources and the confidence to say, yes, you're doing this the right way. This is the kind of culture that we need in Web3, in crypto and blockchain. Um, and this is how we get things done. Um, because, I mean, yesterday we had a fantastic conversation uh, with uh, with one of our backers, and she's been um, in tech for, you know, 15 years. She's been in crypto since 2015, 2016, and she's told us some wild stories and how she continues to, you know, advocate uh, for, for inclusion in the space. And it's just so inspiring to, to, to have, um, you know, validation from someone like that. Yeah, that is lovely. Uh, and I think it's beautiful that you brought up T2 World. Um, you are going to be the chief operating officer. So maybe um, let's like talk about T2 World. Like oh, what is the startup about and what are you doing there? And what are your hopes for T2 World in the coming years? Um, T2 is in its essence. Um, <laughs> so our, our tagline is um, a metaverse of curated narratives. And what it is, it's, it's a way to say, hey, um, there's a lot of noise in the world. And we want to get rid of all that. We want more relevance, we want more strong signals, and we want to make it easier for people to, to find these signals. And we want people to feel validated and rewarded when they find those signals. So um, it's a, it's, it's our, the analogy that we use is we are medium type of content, medium quality, um, you know, high quality content um, that is organized in, um, in a manner that's closer to Reddit, um, how they have their communities and subreddits. So on T2, you have the T2 world, um, which is an, a, essentially a content aggregator. Um, and the curation is done by communities who are curating their own subcultures, things that are relevant to what they care about, what they're passionate about, and they can govern themselves with their own tokens. Um, but everybody on T2 can participate in, in each of these you know, subcultures and their economies, and um, they earn rewards. Um, so our, uh, our mechanism, we shorten it to earn to read um, and read to contribute. So, um, or sorry, read to earn and read to contribute. Um, and we're very proud of the, of the work that we're doing there. Um, we can definitely talk a bit more about that when we come out of stealth mode, which I think by the time this podcast is released, actually, we will be out of stealth mode. So I'm very excited to, to see what happens from there. 
that sounds really exciting and i for one i'm really really excited to uh find out oh, where you guys are uh by the time we release this episode but i do want to take a step back and talk about how you got to where you got because if i remember right right before the mba your job was operations director at vancouver bnl in canada is that right um that's right yeah it was uh, a very interesting experience uh, my my uh, i think over 2 years at, at the bnl um and how i got into blockchain was um in i think in early 2019 i started um taking over this project with um artist jessica angel um she's a she's all around fantastic human um and she's the art steward at eth denver uh which is the largest ethereum conference in the world um and she is one of the leaders in the art and blockchain movement from the very early days and um so one of the project that she was proposing was hey um let's take over this giant public space in Vancouver and I'm going to create an augmented reality exhibition and the content of it will be you know it will be like a journey through a blockchain um world really and and to show people hey these are what blocks are these are validators and that's what all these terms mean and how they how humans can interact with them and wh- where all the human elements come in um how, where the funding comes from what what that is used to do you know what can what kind of applications you can build and and it, and that was really the most interesting project that I've ever come into at that point so um I said well if I'm going to do this I better learn all about it right and she was a fantastic mentor um introduced me to a bunch of incredible people that were supporting the project um that wanted to make um the blockchain industry more visible in the public eye and i was so fortunate to be a part of that so i'm always happy to say when people ask me how you got into blockchain i'm always happy to say uh, it started from the arts um and i don't think that it's a coincidence that um you know these emerging technologies get picked up in the arts because people are more experimental people are more forward thinking um and there's uh, a lot of space for exploration in, in, in there that's lovely uh, and i do want to acknowledge that um actually you were one of the first people that i connected with uh even before the mba so it's been lovely to like see your journey uh through the past year um from like vancouver bnl to the mba to your new job and it's also beautiful that you found a job uh that aligns with your values and your goals like even in terms of like you know um uh, bringing the arts and uh, blockchain together and like being inclusive and everything um i do want to talk a little bit more about how do you go from Vancouver Biennale uh, to like to world like where does the MBA fit in and how did you find this job um do you want yeah. to talk to it? yeah of course um when i got to oxford i thought well i better um you know uh, figure out what i how i'm going to connect with this incredible industry that's growing so fast right from from the uk uh, as well in europe um there's a huge ecosystem here um and i thought um well let's see what the school has to offer and unfortunately there wasn't a whole lot of activity there was even a little bit of stigma at least from my fellow classmates which thankfully i think given all the work that we've been doing with me and um, you know my peers at the club through the club and then and then of course at the society um that a lot of that stigma has been uh has been taken away and really glad to see that improvement um but so when i got here i thought okay well let's start a business school club because there is not one and i think it's very relevant um for business leaders of the future to to learn about um you know to at least be literate uh, with blockchain and to understand the applications in their industries because i really do believe that in you know in a very short number of years all of us or 
many of us will be working uh, for uh, a blockchain company or a, um, you know, not even companies um, be working for DAOs in the future, um, which which is very exciting to see. Um, but and then uh, one of the things that we do, of course, through the club, um, you would know, is, is the blockchain breakfast um, on Tuesday mornings at Branca. Um, and we have just such a lovely time every Tuesday morning to kick off the day with a discussion around what's exciting, what are some hot topics. And I've been very fortunate to witness a lot of people grow through that, um, through those conversations. And it's just been a very rewarding experience. And then, of course, when something is so rewarding, you want to share it. You want to, you know, it's a positive loop. You want to bring more people into it. So, uh, of course, we take these selfies sometimes at the end of the breakfast. And I posted one on social media. And then a family friend picked that up and said, hey, I didn't know you were involved with blockchain. I'm actually working at a startup. Um, uh, her name is Chelsea. She's one of the analysts um, at T2. And she said, would you like to take a look at our white paper? And I said, sure, send it over. I took a look. It was the single most interesting blockchain project I've ever seen. And I, there was so much um, intelligence in the white paper. There was so much deep thought, a lot of what you could call like big brain thoughts, right, ideas. And I thought, this this is incredible. I want to meet whoever wrote this. Um, and I had a meeting with uh, with the CEO, with Meng Yao, and she, um, actually it was for the purpose of a user survey. Uh, so we spent you know, a good hour and a half, which was double the amount of time that we had allocated, and talking about everything in the white paper, going through the demo. Um, and at the end of it, she said, you know, we're hiring. Um, would you be interested to interview, um, you know, for, for the CMO role? And I said, huh, um, that's, I've never, you know, I, this was back in December. So I thought, well, I wasn't, really job hunting, um, you know, that, that early on, um, I wasn't sure if I was able to do that. So, um, anyway, in a couple of weeks we had that conversation, it went really well. And I said, um, I'm actually more interested in operations role. I was very, you know, uh, front, uh, and center with that. I was very straightforward with it. And I said, that's, that's where I think I'll have the most value. Um, that's where I can, you know, I would be most enthusiastic to help out. Um, um, and then, you know, there's my schedule with school, and they were so accommodating with all of that. So that's how I ended up at the CEO of T2. And I honestly, it's been an incredible um, nearly 100 days. So I'm actually going to write a blog post to commemorate my first 100 days uh, in a blockchain startup uh, next week. So that is fascinating. And yeah. I know I did not interrupt you because it's always like a journey to listen to Sami. And there's so much to learn from there, not just in terms of like blockchain, but also what is a startup culture. And that's very on brand for you because you are a serial entrepreneur. Before Banco BNL, you did have your own startup. So for you to actually find another culture that is as accommodating for you to come in. And I think that's just beautiful. And I did note down a couple of things that I want to talk about or from what you said. One about the stigma that's associated with blockchain, even in the business school. Uh, that is maybe a little bit, um, I don't know if it's hard for me to understand or easy for me to understand because it's hard because I saw the club grow really, really quickly. I think right now you have like 230 members and rain or shine every Tuesday you meet. So to our listeners, if you're in Oxford, do get in touch um, and join our blockchain breakfast. Most recently, one of our professors were invited to it. Uh, so definitely uh, join us there. Uh, but I do want to talk about the stigma because I think it's also easy to understand from the lens that, you know, there has been a lot of controversy around blockchain, be it climate change, 
uh, be it just is there actually equity uh, you know uh, do a certain percentage of the people actually own most of the assets in the blockchain world is it really decentralized um, or even like mainstream adoption like I, are these the things that are making it harder for mainstream adoption is it going to be like a mirage or is this actually going to be uh, the reality of tomorrow like you did speak with a lot of conviction that this is going to be the reality of tomorrow and we're all going to work for DAOs um, so also for our listeners I know some of these terms might be new so maybe Sami if you want to like quickly explain what a DAO is and talk about what makes what gives you conviction despite all the controversies that this is our future yeah these are all extremely valid questions and i'm really glad we get to talk about them today um so uh, first of all a dao is a uh, decentralized autonomous organization and what it is it's basically a, a bunch of code that organizes uh and allocates resources around a center business logic so um of course, a business doesn't mean that it has to be for profit, right? It could be nonprofits. And there are many DAOs, such as the Ukraine DAO, which was formed, um, you know, solely for uh, philanthropy, for, for, for raising funds uh, to help those affected by the war. Um, but um, essentially, DAOs um, will be replacing effectively a lot of uh, companies, which are simply not the best form. If you think about corporations, how centralized they are, how, um, you know, um, they, they could be more effective in certain ways, but what they're really bad at is recognizing and uh, rewarding the values that are uh, brought forth by different stakeholders in the internet age, right? Corporations were very effective at allocating resources and organizing uh, productivity in the industrial age, but in the internet age so far, we've seen power and data, power which is represented by data, aggregating in the hands of very few, so big tech, right? And that's not going well for us, to say the very least. Um, trust issues, uh, privacy invasion, uh, all of these issues abound. And I'm not saying that blockchain is the end all be all, it's, it's still a tool, right, used by humans. Um, but it gives us an opportunity to shift this uh, status quo, to change the equilibrium. And how I think of it is, even if it gives us the chance to shift the floor, um, to tilt it in our favor, in the favor of the public, in favor of people, um, by 1%, I think it's worth it, right? Um, and more specifically, um, I do have some uh, specific answers to address the, the issues of, of climate impact. Um, when we think in, in those lenses, um, there there's two answers I have for that. So the first is that, when you talk about um, energy consumption and carbon footprint, uh, you have to think about for what, to what end. Um, if what we are building is replacing outdated, um, you know, these institutions, um, whether it's in finance or, or elsewhere, um, other sectors, if we're replacing them with better alternatives, then isn't that isn't it worth the cost uh, going forward into the future? The long term outlook isn't it a positive game, right? Um, and then the second answer I have for that is um, the not all blockchains are created equal. I think when people talk about, especially energy consumption, they think about Ethereum and Bitcoin, which are proof of work chains. And um, maybe they don't realize that uh, not only, you know, there's proof of stake, which is um, popularizing, you know, all these new uh, new layers, new protocols, um, but also um, there, are, there are experiments that people are doing that are truly innovative that are not even um, at, the, at on most people's radars yet. And so, um, again, blockchain is an opportunity. There's obviously a lot of learning to still be done. We have to calibrate, you know, between the different stakeholders, but it does give us an opportunity to have a fresh start. And I'm very excited about that and to see what comes out of that. 
all of that sounds incredible but also uh, I do want to acknowledge that if I'd heard any of this like a few months before uh, I would have been very very overwhelmed so to any of our listeners uh, who are new to blockchain please do focus only on the larger philosophy pieces and we will share resources for you to learn uh, at the end of the uh, at the end of this podcast if you're interested please don't get overwhelmed by it and I do want to also call out that we've had like a quite a few of our classmates who started on this journey like during the MBA year and as busy as the MBA is and they have so much more to do uh, they've still managed to learn so much of blockchain uh, to the extent that they're actually pivoting careers now uh, Sami do you want to talk to us about that because I think that's incredible as like um, you know the success that you've achieved with the club in the very first year yeah I I've been oh, I'm, I'm, I've been overjoyed to see um, the successes that people are having you know, our peers are having um, and of course I know a lot of people um, all of us have heard of Bitcoin right before before coming to this MBA but um, people take a take a while to realize um, the relevance of that to to their backgrounds to their um, profession and um, it's been very rewarding to see um, some individuals um, and my good friends right Melissa um, Melissa Ben Allison Filler they're completely pivoting from their, you know, previous backgrounds to, um, you know, more integrating with the with blockchain in their verticals. And I think it's so incredible to to have these stories. And I hope that they will uh, share that uh, with us uh, in more detail on the, on their own terms. Um, but uh, let's you know let's celebrate that. Let's let's work and to have more of that because. I, I really do believe, like I said, I have high conviction that this is going to be the future and uh, we'll all be working, you know, in, in tangential to, um, in tangent to, uh, to blockchain uh, in some capacity. So I'm really, really happy to see that. Yeah. That is amazing. Uh, I do want to acknowledge that Melissa Ben, who is one of the co-chairs of our Social Impact Obion, was on our podcast uh, at the start of this year. Uh, she spoke about the future of business in food systems. Uh, she has recently written a blog about how blockchain relates to food systems, and she has taken up an internship uh, that is very relevant to that. And we also have Alison Filler, like uh, Sammy mentioned, she is one of the uh, co-chairs of the Climate Obion, and uh, yeah, would be very excited to learn more about you know where she's headed next uh, in. The intersection of blockchain and climate as well. So this is all very exciting and uh, as very early successes for the club. But what is your vision for the club as you go forward from here? So yeah, um, thank you for asking. I we you know in term, in addition to celebrating these personal successes and growth stories, um, I'm also very happy to share that uh, the club is growing tremendously as well. Uh, we've recently received uh, funding from uh, one of the top DeFi protocols, um, Ave. Uh, they've given us uh, <laughs> what started as ten thousand uh, dollar grant, uh, but just in the past couple of weeks, that's grown to fourteen thousand um, dollars. And uh, no, no thanks to us, right? We didn't do anything. We, we simply left let the token sit, and it's been a very fortunate uh, market run um, recently. So um, with these resources, we're ready to um, do the next steps, which um, I shared, you know, very early with the club on uh, as a vision, which was to um, in- integrate the club into a into a DAO. Um, and what's more exciting is that now we are able to have the option to integrate into the Oxford Blockchain Society uh, and then to the Oxford DAO that they are leading to to um, to create um, thanks to this um, you know multi-million dollar grant um, that they've received from uh, EduDAO um, which is a whole other story it's just absolutely wild and we're so excited um, to be a part of that future for for Oxford for the ecosystem here um, and so that brings me of course to succession planning um, 
we are obviously on the lookout for um, in you know aspiring MBAs or um, even other university members who want to participate in in a more of a leadership capacity um, with the club, um, the future work stream of Oxford Dow, um, you know, going forward. And um, it, honestly, if if there are incoming MBAs listening, please do reach out. Uh, we want to start speaking um, and building these relationships and having the knowledge transfer um, because it it obviously takes a while to to get things going. And I would love to to see all of this paid forward and and um, you know I would love to uh, see what comes out of it in the future that is lovely and congratulations on all the grants and all the success definitely thanks to you uh, because you did bring them all in here and you did found the club despite all the stigma so congratulations on that Sammy I think um, yeah really really proud and humbled to be a classmate uh, but also to the point of like our listeners who are not only our current MBAs but also incoming MBAs and aspiring MBAs uh, like Sami said if you're interested definitely reach out the same goes for future business podcast if you're interested in taking over the podcast please do reach out to us um, but that also makes me curious like you spoke a lot about uh, you know uh, paying it forward and how can you support people who want to come in even at leadership positions so that makes me very curious about just the sense of altruism that comes when you talk about this is that the community is that just you and if it is the community i'm also curious like what is how is this different like why is the blockchain community potentially uh, more altruistic or like inclusive uh, than the past traditional industries like just what makes it so um excellent question i uh, as i mentioned earlier i i came into blockchain in a very safe bubble um through you know all these mentors all these um people who who gave me the knowledge in a very truly se- um, selfless sense uh, they were just sharing knowledge because they really had conviction for the industry and they wanted uh cool people to come into it and and that was all right that was all in their motivation they didn't want me to work for them they didn't want me to um you know, bring them any kind of uh, economic value, um, not directly, certainly. And and I think that was just so moving about that because business, you know, in many industries is so transactional. And when I came into blockchain, I realized, and of course, not all of the community is this way. There's, you know, obviously dark corners of, of you know, every industry. Um, but I really do feel that um, the people who are doing the great work, the best work in the industry are doing it, um, you know, like you said, uh, based out of altruism. And I really think that on a macro level, it has to do with how um, token economies are designed. It's designed to reward players, um, you know, despite there's no, you know, there's no really barrier for for anybody um, to to be able to participate other than you know technological barriers but once you do have the knowledge you're able to tune into it and regardless of um, you know your titles in your pre- pre- previous lives you can participate and you know be rewarded quite fairly for your contributions and the whole idea is that you know if the token token economy is designed correctly um, like at T2 and I've seen you know very exciting tokenomics papers um, on, on how they describe I think my Possibly my largest inspiration prior to this was um, a, a paper called "The Invisible Economy" that was written by um, um, the the folks at um, um, Data um, Data Art, and this was one of my first encounters with tokenomics, and I thought. Wow, what an incredible paper. And it outlined this utopian world where people, you know, they produce, um, but they are not the the economic activities of the economy, the the market the market activities, the selling and the trade, um, you know, that was all distributed um, 
in a way that was invisible to the human eye. And so most of the people could then produce as they like. They would have full autonomy over, you know, the kind of work they do, driven by this very open uh, passion economy, right, through DAOs. Um, so they could do work in whatever capacity they liked best and in whatever fit their interests and then be rewarded um, in, a, in a way that they didn't have to, you know, be, be kind of exposed to all the economic um um, activities and all the administrative work you know, related to that. And I thought this is a fantastic model to live. It's probably, you know, as I said, very utopian, but I would love to see that happen. And certainly you won't see it if you don't believe in it. And if you do believe in it, you can potentially see it. I absolutely love that. So for anyone who knows me, I always say that I believe in unicorns and rainbows. So I do want to believe in a world, uh, you know, that is utopic. So absolutely, I want to see that. I want to believe that. But I don't think I'm there yet. And uh, this does not feel like the end of an episode because it is not the end of an episode. It is, in fact, a beginning for a lot of us, including me, uh, because while we can keep talking to Sami for a really long time, I don't think I have the capacity to question you more on this because I might have to go and read about it and so might most of our readers so I'm going to ask you for any resources for us to follow up with to understand more about the world that you're talking about absolutely um so for some light reading to start <laughs> I I love my favorite subscription is the, the defiant and then by the same um uh, leader by the same thought leader, uh, Camilla Rousseau um she has an excellent book called the infinite machine uh which is fantastic and I recommended to everybody it's the retelling of the story of behind ethereum but from a very humane angle um you can get to see all the individuals and their motivations their passions that drove them to create this absolute uh, beast of a world right and that's a whole new world for blockchain from um because of ethereum and then of course um feel free to follow me on twitter um i have a bit of dry humor that i like to use on twitter um and that's uh, sammy way with two eyes at the end um or i guess you could say sammy way um, and then the uh, there's a community that I would love to introduce to folks of all marginalized genders. Um, feel free to um, DM me um, on any channel that you have me on, maybe Telegram, uh, I can introduce you to. And it's called The Bigger Pie, led by Bridget. Uh, she's a fantastic human. Um, and then my last piece of advice would be find a mentor. Um, I've benefited from professional mentors my whole life. Um, and I'm very fortunate for me. I've had, um, you know, uh, mentors that identified in the same way that I did in many ways. And I, I really, that was an invaluable experience for me. And um, if you need some tips on how to how to do that, on how to find someone that resonates with you and that you can respect and, and reach out to, uh, feel free to contact me for that as well. That is amazing. Thank you so much, Sami, for all the resources and for taking the time to talk to us today. And folks, definitely follow Sami on Twitter. And if you don't yet follow us, uh, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. And thank you for listening. Um, until next time, uh, this is the Future of Business podcast brought to you by the MBA students at Oxford Side. Thank you. Thank you.